Hello, and welcome back to Chats with Chelsea. It has been about six months, but you are in for such a treat today. You are hearing from one of my friends that I've known for over 10 years as we celebrate Lupus Awareness Month. So Chats with Chelsea community, join me in welcoming Keandra to the show. Keandra, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Chelsea. I'm so happy to be with you again. It had, you know, it's been too long, but I think that this is a perfect time to bring you back um, because you have lupus and May is Lupus Awareness Month and you are kicking off the Chats with Chelsea season, season three. So yes, we can do a little dance because, you know, part of Chats with Chelsea is about empowering people, women specifically, to live purposeful lives. And a big portion of that is taking care of ourselves, knowing about our bodies and not being afraid to see what's going on with our bodies. And then one of the things I love about what you've done, and I'm gonna let you tell the details, but you've taken control of this diagnosis and decided that you still will live a purposeful life. So Key, let's start off by telling everyone, how long have you had lupus? So I was di officially diagnosed with lupus in June of 2017 um, at Duke Hospital here in Durham, North Carolina. Um, prior to that, I definitely had symptoms that would indicate that I probably was dealing with lupus a lot earlier on than my diagnosis. Um, and that's pretty typical, but now it's been three years. Three years. So when you say you, so you were diagnosed at Duke in 2017, but you had symptoms per years. How long do you trace the symptoms back to? You know, when I think back, um, one of the things I want to say is that when I was diagnosed at Duke, one of the things that she noticed was discoloration here around my ears. And I remember the summer that my ears started to like change colors and it was while I was living in Florida and I just assumed it's because I was getting too much sun and so I started you know being more diligent about sunscreen wearing big hats and making sure that my face in this area was covered um, but what the doctor told me is that that is a typical sign of lupus in African-American patients so just by looking at my ears she was like, mm, this is, she called it a rash. She said, how long have you had that rash? And I can, when I look back, that was the summer of 2011. So this was six years later. Wow. Yes. So you're diagnosed in 2017, but those symptoms started in 2011. Um, I still was in Florida in 2011. Uh, yeah. And so I remember portions of your journey very vividly. Tell us about that six-year period and what it was like trying to figure out what was going on. You know, you know, because from someone looking from the outside, you went from this person that was extremely vibrant in a season to someone who literally was at home in bed, barely able to move. Thankfully, you're now back to your vibrant self. Yes, yes. yes. 
especially with the little tidbits you were sharing earlier. Yes. <laughs> um, so praise God for that. But tell us about those six years of what that was like um, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Yes. So <clears throat> it was it was challenging. There's no other way to say it. There were ups and downs. There were times when I felt like myself. I felt fine. Um, but what I noticed was that every summer, specifically, I felt like I was starting back at square one. And part of that is because the job that I had at the time um, was an after-school program for inner-city youth. And so during the summer, we had a summer camp, and that could last from six to eight weeks. And we spent the majority of the time out in the sun. So we were at the pool, we were at golf, we were at tennis, just all kinds of different activities to keep the kids active. Um, but after being diagnosed with lupus, I now know that the sun is basically your enemy in some regards. And so I have to be aware of the amount of sun exposure I have. And so every summer I was basically going into a flare and then I'd get better. And then here I was back at square one. So, um, it was just frustrating because um, prior to this diagnosis, I had already been diagnosed with another autoimmune condition, and I knew how to manage that condition, and none of the things that I normally would do were working. And so that's, that led to frustration, like, okay, I'm doing this. I even stopped working at my job because I was like, okay, my job is just stressful, and it's not contributing in a positive way to my health. So it's time for me to move on. And so things still, they actually got worse after that. And so I was so confused, of course. So physically, I felt, I just felt horrible. There was tons of fatigue. So I was always tired. So I could sleep 10 hours and wake up and feel as if I didn't sleep at all. And so, um, the the way that some people describe it is that you basically are like an elderly person. And so here I am in my 30s and I can barely move about. So there was definitely moments of frustration, lots of discouragement, um, finding it hard to remain hopeful when things were not changing because it was a long journey before I started seeing anything thing change. And then physically not being able to even recognize myself. Like if you look at pictures of me years ago, it's my face, everything just changed. You know, my skin, I started losing weight. I started losing my hair. And so you start really struggling with issues, you know, even, you know, self-esteem and dealing with, you know, your identity and, you know, what makes you beautiful. Um, so all of those things were a challenge. And then, of course, I'm a woman of faith. And so I'm praying, I'm trusting God, people are fasting. And I'm like, God, what's up? Like, I know you can heal in a moment. And I don't understand why I'm not seeing that, that happen in my life. So, um, so yeah, there were so many ups and downs along, uh, along the journey. So you talk about discouragement, you talk about identity, what kept you? 
<laughs> the grace of God. <laughs> um, really, when I look back, yeah, seriously, it was the grace of God. Because there were moments where I didn't feel like praying. I didn't feel like reading my Bible. I didn't feel like declaring another healing scripture. Because that's what that's what we know to do, right? It's like, you read the word, you declare the word, and you see it come to pass. It's like, okay, I done said by his stripes I'm healed so many times. What's up, you know? <laughs> Where's my healing, you know? And so, um, but I, what I would have to do during those moments, honestly, is remember what I knew to be true about God. Do my circumstances dictate who God is or is he who he said he is regardless? And so there were moments I just had to make that choice. And there were moments where I couldn't do that on my own. And so I really reached out to, to friends and family and people around me to stand with me, to lift my arms. And that's for me, that was a game changer. There was a group of friends who just took a different day of the week. <clears throat> and they said, this day, I am committed to praying for you, to checking in on you, to encouraging you. And I can honestly say there was a huge shift. Like I knew like, I'm going to get through this. Like it's going to be okay. Even though nothing had changed for me physically, <laughs> I was still laid out, like living with my friends, like unable to, to, to do a lot on my own and really having to humble myself. So I had to learn a lot about humility and learning to ask for help. Yes, God was with me. He sustained me through it all, but he uses the body of Christ. He uses people. And it's up to us to allow those people to come alongside us. But honestly, I was just so used to being this strong woman. And now I feel so weak, so vulnerable, so exposed. And I didn't really know what to do with that person. Like, um, no, I got it. I'm cool. And then I had to shift. I don't got it. I'm not cool. <laughs> yes. You go to the grocery store for me and get my groceries. Bring them to my house put them away and possibly prepare the meal for me. You know, it's like, oh Lord Jesus, who am I? So there was definitely shifting and growth that happened in you. You, you know, obviously physically with the disease, but also sp spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. And, Absolutely. you know, as I, in my comments earlier, were sharing, you're back to this vibrant key that I first met many, right. many years ago at church. And so it's different. It's a new key. And I think that for those who are struggling with lupus specifically this month or any other serious disease your testimony is a great reminder of one making the choice to trust god yes surrounding yourself with people and and again i think the biggest thing is making that choice and so you've walked us through you know the timeline you've shared with us you know how you walk through the process tell us from a diagnosis perspective once you found out in 2017 and you you know previously you had been diagnosed those techniques methods were not working what have you done and what have you learned about the disease in the past three years you know what are those tips those things that you would like to share especially to other african-americans who are struggling with their diagnosis <clears throat> 
Yes, I'm glad that you mentioned um, African-Americans specifically because I was just looking up a quote because I wanted to make sure I was correct. But it says that African-American women are three to four times more likely to develop lupus than Caucasian women. Of any race, African-Americans develop lupus at a younger age and have worse symptoms. So it's really a big a huge problem in the African-American community. Most of the people that I have met are African-American women. And um, we're not sure why that is, um, but I'm always very passionate about things that are impacting our community. And so um, one of the things that I did right away is I joined a lupus support group. I am a researcher and that is, uh, that can be good and bad at times, okay? <laughs> I One thing I would recommend, though, is like you want to make sure that you are knowledgeable about what's going on with your body and that you are not completely dependent on a provider or a doctor. And so I like to go in and form. Yes, I want to hear what they have to say, but I want to do my research and my due diligence as well. This is what I've read. You know, this is what I've heard about this particular medication. Um, and I think just being flexible, initially when I started this journey, I wanted to do it all holistically. I didn't, I did not want to do a medication because I had gone that route before with my previous condition. And here I am again. And a lot of times I do feel like uh, medicine will address the symptoms and not necessarily get to the root of the problem. Um, but what I've learned throughout my journey is that a combination has worked for me. So I am on a, a medication regimen and it has changed and trying to figure out what works like, uh, I don't want to be on this chemo drug because these are the, the side effects or there was another medication that was, you know, not my stomach wasn't, um, wasn't in agreement with <laughs> um, another medication that will make me sweat profusely. So, you know, figuring those things out, being in communication with the doctor, I, I have an amazing doctor. I'm grateful for that. He serves on the uh, board for the Lupus Foundation of America. And so he's very knowledgeable. And the majority of the people in my support group also see him. And so, <clears throat> unfortunately, the first doctor that I was seeing at Duke, you know, things changed with my my health care, my insurance. And so I wasn't able to see her anymore. Um, but I'm grateful for, uh, for the doctor I have now, but I would encourage people like you keep going until you find a doctor that you feel comfortable with, because there was a, a period of time between the Duke doctor and being able to see my current doctor. I saw a rheumatologist and I'm not even kidding. He fell asleep during our appointment. Yes. Fell asleep. Like while I am going through my medical history and helping him understand a little bit more about myself, he's like dozing off. And I was like, is this a dream? Am I being punked? Like, is this real life? And sure enough, he did it a few times and needless to say, that was the first and last time I saw that doctor. All I need you to do is give me my current labs, refill my prescription and I will not be back, you know? Um, and so 
I would just encourage you, like, if you have been in that kind of situation before, don't give up. There are great doctors out there. But for me, it's been a combination of my holistic methods. So um, I've made many changes and modifications to my diet throughout the years. I'm actually like completely plant-based now. Okay. Uh, three months. So yes, I am loving it. I have discovered like this entire like black vegan community. I was actually going to come to Richmond for a black vegan conference that was there, but COVID-19 canceled that thing. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I've just kind of made changes throughout the years. Like, okay, how does my body respond to this type of food? Because I can only speak, of course, as a black woman in our community, we typically, we just eat the foods that our parents have eaten, you know, and it's not always uh, in line with healthy food options. And some of that is, is, you know, that's a whole nother story. Like some, some of that is access to healthy foods in our communities. Um, but I have just learned like, okay, you can't eat the same things if you want to see some different results. And so, you know, there were painful moments where I'm with my family and I can't eat any of the things they're eating, you know, but I've learned throughout the years that, you know what, I feel better when I eat this way and my body responds better. So that's what I have done, you know, just my diet. I take a number of different um, vitamins and supplements to help uh, strengthen my immune system to fight inflammation. And of course, you know, my, the medication from my doctors, but my long-term goal is, you know, if I can, is to be off medications and do everything um, holistically. But <clears throat> I think not feeling like, you know, whatever works for you, you need to do what works for you, you know? And if you need medication, do not be stubborn, you know, cause I was for a while. I was like, no, you know, and it was, it was good reasons because the side effects are alarming <laughs> with most of these medications. It's like, Listen, okay. You shared quite a few of them. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I was like, okay, so this one's going to give me insomnia. This one's going to make me sweat profusely. This one's going to make me lose my hair. Why am I taking, what is it helping? You know? <laughs> so that's, that's the reality, unfortunately. Well, Key, I am so grateful that you were open and transparent to share the journey, share the difficulties, but also share, you know, that six year process of even being correctly diagnosed. And so now you're three years in, you have support groups, um, you, you know, pretty soon, I think you'll probably be leading the black vegan club wherever you are. <laughs> You know, showing us some cooking skills on social yeah. media, um, which can, you know, will, which could be helpful for individuals with lupus. But to your point, just many of many people in the African-American community can benefit from some healthier, um, healthier diets um, and lifestyles. Yeah. And so I am so, so thankful that you shared lupus for lupus awareness month for those who want to stay in contact with you. How can they get in contact with you, Keith? Great question. <laughs> well, I actually have a YouTube channel. I need to get back on my videos because like Chelsea, it's probably been about four or five months, maybe. That's my last video. Um, but it's called Wrapped in Hope. 
and I started that channel uh, because I was losing my hair. And that's when I started wearing head wraps and just wanted to bring encouragement to people who find themselves dealing with chronic illness, hair loss, whatever it is, and finding hope in the midst of that. Because hope, which I have right there on my wall, has literally been um, something that I've had to choose to cling to amidst what I see that I think that hope that things will get better, things can and will change. I mean, we all find ourselves in that right now, right? Like COVID-19 is not forever. This too shall pass. And I think the moment we start thinking things are always going to be this way, then we fall into hopelessness and despair. And that can lead to a number of different challenges. But yes, you can find me on Wrapped in Hope. Um, One other thing that I forgot to mention Um, When I talked about the things that have helped me along this journey um, is another thing that I feel like is so critical for the African-American community is I did start seeing a therapist. I recognized that, you know what, I've walked through a lot of trauma um, in my family and related to my health. And when you're dealing with a chronic illness, there's always this fear like, am I really okay? It's almost like you're waiting for something to happen. You know, I am grateful that I'm in a better place with that. So when this COVID-19 crisis began, I didn't go there where I'm like, oh my gosh, I could get sick. I could, I'm more susceptible. You know, I'm going to do my part and use wisdom and I stay home as much as possible. But it's just been helpful for me to talk through those type of things with a therapist, a Christian therapist um, in particular that can bring me back to truth. And help me to see like, okay, let's watch the narrative. Let's watch what your perspective is. You know, what is it that God is saying in this situation? And so that's something that's been been critical to me. And these are things that you can see more of and hear more about on my YouTube channel, Wrapped in Hope. And I'm sure Chelsea will include the, the link for that. I will. And I love that you added that because this is also Mental Health Awareness Month. And so uh, I think that that's just a perfect way as we're closing is making sure you're taking care of yourself physically if you have lupus or another serious illness, but also being aware of how it affects you emotionally and mentally and seek help. By the way, I have a full month-long series on my YouTube channel about black women who have mental health issues people have been depressed anxiety uh suicide attempts because these things are real and just because for so long we haven't talked about them doesn't make them not real um and so many of us are dealing with them and for again you are the vibrant key you are here and i'm so excited that you've been able to share your journey the physical and most emotional and mental aspects of it so key thank you so much for joining me and thanks for kicking off the season season three for us here at chats with chelsea thank you it's been a pleasure can't wait to come back that's right (laughs) in your live studio though yes yes